Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalou, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's words of wisdom. So today we are going to wrap up our mini via that we have been doing called Ox which stands for Advent, Christmas, Hanukkah, Solstice, Kwanzaa, New Year's, and Epiphany. And we have been exploring the uh, theme of what are you waiting for? We've been contemplating waiting and exploring why we're what we're truly waiting for is that moment when we finally know we can awaken. So today we are going to celebrate the E, that final E in Oxni or Epiphany. Traditionally, this day is, always falls on January 6th, and it celebrates the three kings, or the magi, who traveled from the east, guided by a star, to visit the baby Jesus. This journey fulfills an ancient prophecy about how the Messiah will appear in the world, God incarnated in a baby that will grow up to save the world. From a metaphysical viewpoint, however, this is a story about home. When asked by researchers where they consider their home, most Americans talked about a place, either where they live now or where they were born or raised. It's understandable that we get attached to our old stomping grounds because, you know, they bring up memories, sometimes fond memories, sometimes maybe not so fond memories. Researchers also found, though, that the most profound sense of home that we humans can experience are in the places, wherever they may be, where we have found love and acceptance. This may be with our biological families for some of us, but for others it might be in families of choice. We gravitate to communities that welcome us and see us for who we truly are. This means home then, our true home, lies in relationships in relationships that remind us that we have far more in common with one another than we do in differences. Home jubilance is anywhere that reminds us that the separation we feel from God and others is not real. Home is where the veil is lifted on this illusion, and in these relationships, we see the reality that there's only one of us here, and we've knew, truly never left our home in God. So I invite you this morning, jubilance, you're home. Kick off your shoes. Put your feet on the furniture. Help yourself to whatever is in the fridge. Welcome home. In this moment, you're not just among friends, not even among family. You're among your spirit family that understands that beyond this illusion, we are all one in the mind of God. And that is the kind of homecoming that ought to make you say, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From the Jesus story, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, 
go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed in a, warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. From A Course in Miracles, Chapter 20. Your chosen home is on the other side, beyond the veil. It has been carefully prepared for you, and it is ready to receive you now. You will not see it with the body's eyes. Yet all you need, you have. Your home has called to you since time began, nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard, but knew not how to look, nor where, and now you know. In you the knowledge lies, ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that, it kept, it, that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love, and there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusions, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness, and where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. And from author Jeff Foster, the wholeness or completeness that you are looking for is not to be found in the future. The wholeness you look for is already appearing as everything that's happening now. As these thoughts, sensations, feelings, sounds, smells. Perhaps this is the wholeness we've been seeking. And perhaps wholeness doesn't look, sound, smell, feel, or taste anything like your idea of wholeness. Your concept of wholeness. Everyone is looking for their concepts of wholeness, or enlightenment, freedom, love. But true wholeness is not a concept. It's what is already here prior to concepts. A question many of us hear around this time of the year is, did you go home for the holidays? Now for some people, that's, that's pretty easy to answer, sure, yeah. But for some of us, especially of those of us within the LGBTQ community, Going home for the holidays is often pretty impossible. At this so-called home are people who do not welcome us or offer us anything that feels like home. There are others who can't go home, of course, because of political differences with their family members or a family history of abuse or violence or some other disagreement that keeps us feeling separate. It's in this holiday time that I begin to reflect on what the idea of home really means anyway. I mean, is home just the place we came from? Does staying in a geographical location most of your life qualify as home? <laughs> For instance, I was born in North Carolina, like James Taylor, but I consider a George, the Georgia town where I spent most of my youth and my young adult life as my hometown, whatever, whatever that really means. Or is it something different? Is home something that's deeper? Something that's not bound by time or place, or even by the people who might inhabit that particular time and place. Perhaps we have ideas, our ideas about home sort of upside down and inside out. Perhaps because our ideas of home are so based on location or people or time or other concerns of this bodily world, that's precisely the reason why we don't feel at home here in this material realm.
If you believe A Course in Miracles, our home doesn't even have anything to do with physical things that we experience. Instead, our true home is on the other side. It's beyond that veil, we are told. It's been carefully prepared for you, A Course says, and it's ready to receive you now. You will not see it with the body's eyes. I recall being away at camp for the first time. I was about seven, eight years old, and I spent the entire week being homesick. I longed to be back in my own room, in my own bed, showering alone, <laughs> and not with all these other fellow campers. I wanted to be at home eating mom's home cooking instead of whatever mystery meat they were serving <laughs> every day in the chow hall, right? <laughs> I tearfully confided my homesickness to my camp counselor who misunderstood my weepy reason for wanting to go home. She patted me with empathy and she said, so you miss your dad? And I scowled angrily at her and I said, no, I miss my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't miss my dad, are you kidding? In my young mind, home is where your dog is, and I dare say my current idea of home is about the same. But even when we are in the bodily place we call home, there's still a part of us that yearns for what we feel is our true home. We are all homesick for a place that is backward from here because we miss our God. And yet, we search frantically outside of ourselves for some sense of home out here where our body's eyes show us what the ego has convinced us is reality. We, like those ancient magi, we seek a sign, a wonder, something to guide us to some outward savior who we believe will finally lead us home. If we are as wise as those magi, the journey that we go on in this bodily lifetime, it will reveal to us where our home truly is because they realized, they realized it. Because when they left, after they visited with Jesus and Joseph and Mary, they went back home, but they went home by another way. Their encounter with the Christ child revealed the Christ within them, I believe, and perhaps that's the moment that they realized what a course would teach centuries later. Your home has called you since time began, nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard, but knew not how to look nor where, and now you know. In you the knowledge lies, ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love. Breathe deep. There's a lot we don't know about the Magi that we read about in today's Jesus story. First of all, we're not really exactly sure where they came from. The text says they come from the east, and some researchers have speculated they came from a land called Shur, probably in what is now modern China. We also don't know how long their journey took. Some say it took two years, and the Jesus they met was actually a toddler. But others say the 12 days of Christmas between December 25th and January 6th, or Epiphany, that was the length of the journey. In addition, we don't even know how many Magi made the trip. I mean, we sing about three kings, mainly because there were three gifts. Some accounts, however, imagine up to a dozen Magi making this journey. The one thing that we do know about this story is that nobody is at home. 
the maid on a journey. They're following the star to some house where they believe this newly born king has arrived. Mary and Joseph, they're not home. They have traveled from their home in Nazareth to Bethlehem, ostensibly for a census. In this story, everybody's displaced. Except, of course, King Herod. He's home. And in this story, he plays the role of the ego. Because this bodily realm is always the home of the ego. Learning about the possibility that something, even a little tiny baby, had been born into this world that one day might usurp his power? <sighs> King Herod can't take that. It's maddening. And so shortly after the Magi leave his palace to complete their journey, he orders the slaughter of all baby boys under the age of two in an attempt to kill off anyone who might challenge his rule at some point. But we jubilants, we are seekers. We are here to learn how to get back to our true home, something the ego has no interest in helping us do. But we, like those wise magi, are convinced that something has been born outside of us that will save us, that will lead us home out of the bondage of the ego. And this explains their journey so long ago and explains the journey that we all continue to take to seek for something in this world that makes us feel at home. We, like those magi, we first seek wisdom and knowledge. We try to learn about home through the world, through worldly power. We expect our leaders, our government, our educational institutions to guide us, to provide us with the tools we need to make this life here our home. But like Herod, each of these worldly systems, they have an ulterior motive to keep us from finding our true home. The ego's slogan is, seek but do not find. But we all created these systems with our ego mind, and because of that, true freedom, the miracle of home, it can never occur within any of them. Those systems will seek to stymie us in any way it can, perhaps even by trying to kill off the child within us that still believes in love and peace and justice and mercy. After the Magi encounter Jesus, however, they understand nothing in this world can take them home. We all have to go home by another way, by the way of spirit, not by ego. The way home is always available to us. That's the good news, no matter where we are right now. Jesus, from birth, he was at home wherever he was, Egypt, the wilderness, the temple, wherever he wandered. He was home because he understood that the holy resides within us, and that is our true home. And Jesus knew and he seeks to teach us that nothing outside of us will ever be satisfying. Out here, there's always more to gain. There's more to do. There's more to see. There's more to be. Inside, there's only joy, peace, and love. We're told that the Magi were warned in a dream to go home another way. That phrase, another way, in Greek, it denotes not just a physical journey, but another way of thinking. <clears throat> These magi encountered a miracle when they met Jesus, and that miracle changed their minds. And they knew how to go home. Another way. Jubilance, if you are tired of waiting to go home this morning, I'm going to give you some good news. You're already home. This present moment is the only way you will ever go home. Because this present moment is the only thing you have. It's all we have right now. And if you want to do this thing called life right, 
If you seek to learn the lessons that were offered in every moment, it's really the only home you're ever going to want. Instead of giving in to the ego's wanderlust for the past or the future, the holy invites us to become still. To be as present as possible in this moment. Because this moment is where God is at home with us. Home is never about geography in the world, but about the geography within, the map of our heart. Home is a sense of wholeness, a sense of well-being, a sense of peace that passes all understanding. Spiritual teacher and writer Jeff Foster says that the ability to experience wholeness in every present moment is something we have to discover for ourselves. No one can teach you how to do it, and no one can do it for you. It's not something to find in the future, he writes. The wholeness you look for is already appearing as everything that's happening now, as these thoughts, sensations, feelings, sounds, smells. Perhaps this, he writes, is the wholeness we've been seeking. And perhaps wholeness doesn't look, sound, smell, feel, or taste anything like your idea of wholeness, your concept of wholeness. Everyone is looking for their concepts of wholeness or enlightenment or freedom or love, but true wholeness, he says, is not a concept. It's what is already here prior to concepts. And that's the paradox, Foster says. We leave wholeness to go into time and space seeking wholeness. <laughs> what? That's what the Course tells us we've done. We've left home with God to search for home with God. No wonder we're homesick. So how do we realize wholeness? You go where it is, it's right here. It's in the present. You notice the sights, the smells, the sounds, the sensations of everything going on right now. When we can be present even for a moment, then we begin to touch that wholeness, that true home. We can be at home wherever we stand in every waking moment by realizing all the ego-based concepts, they're all concepts of home and happiness and wholeness are just that, concepts, illusions. We made it all up. There's a Zen story about a man walking in the wilderness who comes upon a vicious tiger. He runs from the big cat, but he finds himself standing at the edge of a cliff. Desperate to save his life, he climbs down and he holds on to this vine that is jutting out from the, cl the cliff face. And as he hangs there, two mice wander onto the vine and begin to gnaw at it. This is the man's only lifeline. The tiger is at the top, the mice are chewing his vine. Suddenly he notices on the vine is a perfect, plump, wild strawberry. He plucks it and pops it into his mouth. The strawberry is delicious. Jubilance, the tiger is our past, relentlessly pursuing us. The cliff is our future, uncertain, full of peril, and vine-chewing mice. The strawberry is home because it's the present moment. No matter what has happened, no matter what is coming our way, life is full of plump, delicious strawberries. That is home. Right here. Right now. If we're willing to recognize it.
There is no fear in love, of course, reminds us. And there is no fear in us, for in our vision there will be no illusions, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness and where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. Jubilance, your true home is calling you every moment of your life. I invite you to stop chasing the false home of the ego and enjoy the plump, delicious taste of the moment and go home by another way. Because that journey within, it's the only way home that will make you say, oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, oh yeah. Yeah.